the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. The following is a high-five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. There's the one and only Max Williams, our super producer on the other side of the Zoom. I'm Ben, a big, big fan of Halloween because it means a lot of things to a lot of people. But uh, you know what it means to a lot of kids, right, Noel? Candy. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say uh, um, pranks, like 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 like, uh, like vandalism. Tricks. Acts of, yes, exactly, tricks. No, it's true, candy. I was thinking, what do you think? Do you dress up for Halloween, Ben? Is that a thing that you do? Yeah, I do. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite holidays, absolutely. Other than everybody's birthday. Everybody listening now, your birthday is one of my favorite <laughs> holidays. You are such a sweetheart. Um, you know, I really, really enjoy Halloween, too. It's one of my favorite holidays. I think probably my most favorite, but I'm not a dresser upper. And some people like to shame me about that. I don't think that's right, Ben. I don't think that's right. Yes. Yeah, let, let a man enjoy his holiday in his own way. Yeah, send him to me. Uh, <laughs> what are you uh, going to do? You're going gonna to rough him up for me? I'll dress him down at the very least. There you go. Okay, it. all right. Um, yeah, the, the costumes are a, a huge deal. The laziest costume I do is, um, what's his name from, <laughs> uh, I think, Ryan Gosling from Drive. Because you just right. need the jacket and the, well, that's and the a, sunglasses. That's a, that's a nice jacket, Ben. I mean, that's a it very is, nice jacket. It's a nice jacket. But, you know, maybe that's something that is helpful, though, like finding finding a go-to easy costume. We haven't asked Max yet, though. Max, are you a, what'd you call it, a dresser-upper? On, on a Halloweener? I, I got to admit, no, I'm not. I mean, Halloween just wasn't that big of a holiday in my family, so it's just never held that important of a place for me. Like, I go hang out with people, but uh-huh. I'm usually the guy with a really, like, pretty, like, you know, thrown together. Like I put a jacket on and I am, I don't know. Big jacket man. Yeah. <laughs> or I say some obscure movie that no one's heard of. And I'm like, uh-huh. I'm this guy, even if that character didn't exist like, you know, 
but 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 again, I, I feel like we should be able to enjoy our holiday in our own way, and sure. no one should give us crap for not right. choosing to participate in the way that they choose to participate. I really enjoy going with my kid and her friends because they're super into Halloween. I mean, Halloween uh-huh. is like every day for them. They're into cosplay, so they always go full on with that, and I just kind of accompany them on the tricks and or treating. And, you know, they love to go to the neighborhood and they mark them. You know, all these kids, they got like a like a Charlie Day style board, you know, with the pins and all of the houses that have the poshest candy. And oh, like, cool. that's the one that has the full candy bars. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing I have never encountered on a trick or treat excursion is cactus candy. And there's a reason for that. Uh, this episode is going to be about Candy, which is why, we, you know, we've got candy and Halloween on our minds, as no doubt some of our fellow ridiculous historians do. But once upon a time, there was a very, very, very popular candy that was made out of something called the barrel cactus. Our story really begins in 1891. There's this guy. Well, he's a kid. He's 12 years old. His name is Dominic D'Onofrio. And he has traveled all the way to Arizona from southern Italy. He's on a train. He's looking out and he sees the southwestern desert extending for miles and miles and miles. And it's an uninterrupted forest of cacti, of different types of cacti. And everywhere he sees this thing, this big, giant, round sort of cactus called the barrel cactus. Uh, it was known to the native people as the Viznaga. Yeah, and and uh, Dominic had a dream, Ben. Uh, not like, you know, just sleeping on the train dream, like a big picture, like life-changing dream. Kind of a weird dream that you could really only have if you were part of a uh, confectionery dynasty of sorts. He got to Phoenix. He went to work for his older brother's candy factory or confectionery. And he, again, had this dream. And he has this quote in the, that we found in this amazing Atlas Obscure article where he says, It came to my mind that millions of dollars could be made out of cactus. Uh, and so he concocted this plan where he would... Um, turn this, these cactuses, these cacti, into whole, cold, hard cash, cactus cash, but by way of turning the cacti into candy. Very specific. He's looking out, he's seeing these very prohibitively spiky plants, and he immediately thinks, candy? I don't quite understand, but the, the kid had moxie. The kid had vision. But there was precedent for this. In 1905, by the way, he bought the store from his brother and began to make his dreams come true. But this precedent came in the form of the history of uh, the Native American people that lived in this part of the country. Uh, the Pima tribes and, and several others used the uh, Viznaga's pulp as food. They would despine um, these these plants. They would actually use the spines sometimes for fish hooks, uh, which is kind of cool. And then they would boil the plants uh, to soften the pulp, and then they would eat it and get, you know, sustenance. But uh, D'Onofrio kind of took this model and ran with it, but in a slightly different and uh, more confectionery direction. For sure, yeah. The missing magic ingredient here is sugar. And Lots a of lot, it, too. <laughs> and a lot of elbow grease. So, he hired a team of folks to start hacking down these barrel cacti, and they would find these plants anywhere from two to five feet tall. And again, to give you a sense of how big these are, they could weigh 
anywhere between 80 to 100 pounds. And then they would knock all the spikes off them, despike them. They would haul them back to the factory. Then they would peel and core and slice up this visnaga into these small cubes. And they would boil them and boil them and boil them until they were tender. And then they would cook them repeatedly in sugar syrup. And each time they cooked them, it would be uh, the, the temperature would be higher. And then I, I love this. And it seems like so many candy makers have something like this. D'Onofrio had a secret process. And through this top secret process, his team would then take those cubes and crystallize them, cook them, crystallize them again, and then let them sit out to cool and harden. And what they got if you saw it was kind of a, you've probably encountered something like this before, folks. It's a, it's a little bit like a gumdrop. It's got this kind of sugary, crunchy crust. And then mm -hmm. it's got a, a little like a jelly-like gelatinous core. And people were amazed by this. And also there's some really good marketing because uh, one of D'Onofrio's earliest ads clearly talks about how unexpected it is for cacti to produce candy, or at least in the popular culture of the time. Uh, the, the ad has a headline that says, that man's name will go down in history. Who first converted the ugly desert plant into such a delightful delicacy? And, and <laughs> exactly. people loved it. People yeah, loved it. They did. And I highly recommend an Atlas Obscura article in their Gastro Obscura uh, offshoot by Tal McPhenia that we're pulling some good information from. And on the very top of that article, you can see an image from one of uh, D'Onofrio's early marketing campaigns that shows what looks to be an Aztec gentleman. Uh, he's wearing like a cloak and has the kind of traditional like Aztec like headband and like an armband. And he's handing a giant box of D'Onofrio's cactus candy to a lady, uh, presumably to win her heart. And yeah, it's true. There was this whole like lore wrapped up in the marketing, but it was all total BS, but it definitely, right. you know, made for a good story. He actually leaned more on these Toltec legends, this idea that there was this sun god who had imprisoned a maiden's soul inside the cactus that we're talking about, the Visnaga cactus, and it was to protect her purity. And as legend would have it, according to Gennafrio anyway, uh, the Toltec wedding ritual where prospective grooms had to make cactus candy by tearing the thorns out with their teeth and then crystallizing the pulp in wild honey was, uh, was born of this whole sun god situation. And he printed images like the one I'm talking about all over brochures and marketing materials. Uh, he also claimed that the D'Onofrio family uh, was not Italian, but in fact that they were descended from a line of Mexican candy makers, right. um, beginning with what D'Onofrio, the royal candy maker to the ancient Toltec king, um, uh, man. And, you know, uh, and again, Alice Obscura points out, and I completely agree that these claims could have been explained away as being the sort of satire or kind of funny like tongue in cheek, but folks mainly took them at face value, right? Yeah, they did. I, I want to step back for a modern example of this kind of mythology because he's not the only candy maker who did this. Haagen-Dazs is a made up word. Haagen-Dazs was invented that you, everybody knows the ice cream. Haagen-Dazs very popular here in the U S it was invented by a guy named Ruben Mattis because he wanted a name that sounded Danish. And so he just made up the word kind of the same way uh, 
D'Onofrio made up this legend. And the gimmick paid off because if you've seen Mad Men or if you've read Propaganda by Edward Bernays, then you know that at its height, advertising is really selling an idea, a concept, a story. And so this story became part of what people were buying, I would posit, with D'Onofrio's candy. And his business started booming. Uh, It wasn't just people ordering it through the mail. Stores were ordering it, candy stores across the U.S. In just 1920, the company ended up producing 15,000 pounds of this stuff. And soon enough, other people would try to get in on the game because they thought this cactus candy thing was a pretty good gig. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! That's where George Karameros comes in. George was also an immigrant. He was originally from Greece, and he and his brother-in-law started their own cactus candy operation over in El Paso, which is about 400 miles away from D'Onofrio. They had made candy in Mexico City previously until about 1918, and then they fled north during the Mexican Revolution. And when they got to the U.S., when they made it to Texas, they started bottling beer and soda, and then Prohibition came in. And these guys are like, can't we just catch a break? So George is walking through this market, this outdoor market, and he's thinking, what am I going to do? 
what, why is it, why is it always something? And we've all been there emotionally. You know, sometimes you just need a win. And that's when George sees, ah, a cactus candy stand. And he goes to the guy who's selling the cactus candy, he gives him five bucks. And he says, all right, teach me how you make this. Also five bucks, pretty significant sum of money at the time. And this story is reprinted. You can you can read this in. Uh, we found it in this excellent piece by Steve Frangos, writing for the National Herald. George Caramaros, the forgotten king of cactus candy. Uh, you can see this like this was printed widely, and this excerpt, Noel, if you'll do the honors, comes from May twenty third, nineteen forty seven, in the Amarillo Daily News. I love the forgotten king of cactus candy. Big fan of alliteration. That's what they used but to yeah. call it. Yeah. Dress up uh-huh. like him for Halloween. It'll be way better than my H.H. Holmes costume, which was real. I could I probably pull that off. I probably would just need like a sweater of some kind, maybe a hat, you know, some With well-worn like a, a slacks. Lo- lollipop, some sort of yeah. crown. T- t- a totally. crown. People, will, people will completely recognize that. Well, here it goes. 30 years ago, George D. Caramaros, a $7 a week soda fountain clerk, was walking through South El Paso when he saw an outdoor stand selling homemade candy bars as big as his fist for a penny. He was curious to know what kind of candy sold for that price. Even 30 years ago, that was cheap. He sampled a piece, and it was good. He offered the stand owner $5 to show him how it was made. That led to the building of a business that now sells cactus candy in every state of the union and abroad. Um, and he was pretty good at a at a, um, a marketing kind of stunt. So he got 300 pounds of the cactus, the Visnaga cactus, and he displayed them in downtown El Paso. And he actually kind of had D'Onofrio beat in some ways um, because he diversified. You know, he, uh, D'Onofrio was just making this little gumdroppy thing, whereas Caramaros decided to uh, take it uh, to the next level. Um, he made preserves and ice cream, uh, and he would make different flavors. Um, you know, he'd infuse the, the candy with different fruit flavors, and he even coated them with chocolate. And he claimed that he also had a secret um, recipe that would keep them from uh, molding. Right. Yeah, preservation move. Uh, I do want to. I do want to note that yes, you're not mishearing ridiculous historians. I did have an H.H. H. Holmes costume, if you're familiar with H.H. H. Holmes, and nailed it, Max. It's true. I know you don't believe me, but it was the spitting image. Anyway, uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll find that picture and post it. But that th- this aside, like you see how people. People were super into cactus candy. The El Paso Times even talks about what you were talking about, Noel, that uh, preservation method that was really his secret sauce. They say uh, in November 27th, uh, 1988, writing in retrospect, they say somewhere along the line, a secret process was used, a process Caramaros invented to preserve the candy. In the old days, all such cactus candy quickly molded, but not after Caramaros's innovation. And here we must pause. Caramaros most certainly did not come up with his method of preventing cactus candy from molding overnight. For six years, he experimented with his candy cooking before developing a preservative process that remained his secret during many, many years of successful merchandising. So six years, whatever his secret was, it wasn't just like marketing fluff, like the Toltec story. He got in the cactus candy trenches and he figured out how to, how to make it, well, last much longer. Not forever, but longer. 
Exactly. So, of course, you know, Caramaros, he didn't really know about D'Onofrio, I don't think, particularly. Maybe he did, but he found his inspiration just walking around at more of a local kind of artisanal version of cactus candy. But um, there were others that were trying to copy these guys and, and jump on the, the cactus candy cavalcade, the, the cactus candy bandwagon, whatever. Um, so Cacticopia. There we go. Boom. So throughout the 20s, there were smaller, much more fly-by-night kind of uh, operations that sprung up around uh, the Southwest, even into Texas and California, because, again, this was all about, you know, using an indigenous uh, plant that was available there and nowhere else in the country. And while, you know, optimistic outlooks on it considered the uh, cactus supply to be almost inexhaustible, uh, you know, nothing lasts forever. This uh, trend was raging. These products were flying off shelves. People loved the stuff. Then in 1924, we have this uh, journalist from El Paso named Norman Walker who sort of throws a wet blanket on this uh, cactus party. Uh, he says, quote, eating Mexican cactus candy is like kissing your sister, which is uh, a weird American saying that uh, refers to like coming in second place a lot of times. Uh, it fails to satisfy. Um, he also had a problem with a lot of the marketing and a lot of this kind of co-opting of uh, uh, indigenous culture. Um, and then he says, quote, uh, some success has been attained, but it does not repeat itself in the sales. So essentially he's saying that um, this was a fad and it was not going to last. I think uh, I think you're being a little too kind to Norman Walker. Maybe I missed it, but I didn't see him talking about the very real concerns of appropriation. To me, he just seemed like a cranky candy hater. But maybe he was yep. maybe he just woke up on the wrong side of the of the cactus bed or maybe he got maybe he got done dirty by a cactus in his past, you know, and he was confronting that trauma. Uh, like one of those right. cartoon moments where you f fall into the cactus patch mm -hmm. and, you know, and then like, oh, and you grab your butt and pull out the spikes. And, and he shook his fist at the skies and never again. Max, what's up? I, I got to ask, yeah. Ben, you said the wrong side of the cactus bed. I mean, I'm just thinking about laying on cactus. What would what is the right side of that bed? There like, is no right side. That's yeah, the thing. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's like okay. a one hand clapping kind of. It's a very mm -hmm. lazy version of a Zen but, cone. But it's 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 a good <laughs> image, though, Ben, because a cactus bed would would presumably be, you know, a bed of cactus, like a plot of cactus plants. Yeah. So I, I think you Let's nailed see. it. Uh, cactus, cactus bed. Yeah, it doesn't look Super pleasant uh, if you just do a quick image search. But here's the thing. Norman Walker and other anti-cactus candy people were not the majority. Uh, we can tell because the cactus supply in this area began to run dry. The trend continued. And by the late 1920s, again, this is coming from a, that Atlas Obscura article, by the late 1920s, the desert supply of this once abundant plant uh, looked to be on the way out. Uh, papers started reporting about this. News of the day, they were running headlines like, our sweet tooth eating up cactus. Uh, and <laughs> they didn't have a question mark. I just, I like picturing that reporter. And people in LA were also complaining about it, you know, and uh, other folks were uh, conservationists. We're starting to have a problem. People are concerned about the environment. We're saying, you know, barrel cactus is being taken out by the truckloads. For what? To make candy? And eventually, in 1928, both San Bernardino and Riverside County 
put in a law banning the removal of desert plant life. But Noel, I don't think it really worked. I think at that point, people just started stealing the cacti. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! Yeah, it's true. And they were stealing it for reasons other than candy making. I mean, if you've ever been to L.A., um, you've certainly seen lots of really cool cactus beds in people's yards with all varieties. Um, So folks were taking them for gardens, for even like lining their goldfish bowls. Uh, And it seemed as though a mass extinction of the particular cactus of the barrel cactus might have been on the horizon. There were groups kind of that fell under the umbrella of Friends of the Desert uh, that started to become very popular across Southern California, uh, and they would lobby lawmakers to offer protection, um, you know, and to, to you know give these these plants protected status under you know the same way you would like an endangered species of animal. And they also did a lot to sort of overhaul the image of the desert. For, for a lot of folks, it would seem like a very bleak, sad place. You know, they associate it with like the Dust Bowl uh, and like the Grapes of Wrath and stuff like that. But instead, they tried to get people to shift uh, their perception of the desert to something more along the lines of a biodiverse kind of, you know, wonderland, which uh, it, it can be both, right? But it really is pretty incredible place out there with all of the the way those uh, these uh, species of plants can survive with such little water and thrive. And they just like take on these like Dr. Seussian type shapes and, and, and arrays, really, really cool stuff. But Arizona starts doing the same thing and they begin to protect the status of desert plants. Uh, And that includes 
the already endangered at this point giant barrel cactus. But that didn't bother our friend D'Onofrio. This was his bread and butter, and he was not going to go easily uh, into that good night. No, sir. So for the next 20 years, he would be working uh, specifically with a individual in the Native American community to get cacti from this guy's reservation. Because on the reservation, you could still harvest barrel cactus if you had a permit. And over in El Paso, Carameros would send his workers way into the mountains of New Mexico, the Oregon Mountains, for Viznaga. And he did this until he sold his candy business entirely in the early 1950s. It's so interesting, Ben. This immediately makes me think of the movie Adaptation, um, which was a, an adaptation of The Orchid Thief, the book by Susan Orlean, the uh, the journalist from The New Yorker. And in it, one of the main characters, LaRoche, who is like an orchid harvester, the book was called The Orchid Thief, um, he gets around orchid protection laws uh, by hiring uh, Native Americans to pick them off of their land off of off of land that's sure. like protected uh you know reservation swamp lands and that's the only way that he can get around it too so it's a very very clever little loophole there uh i i would uh, i'm not a fan i consider it plant poaching so anyway it wasn't as i say it wasn't until 2014 that this region of new mexico finally got federal protection so it wasn't until 2014 that the barrel cactus in this area was protected by environmental laws. It came very close to going extinct, the Visnaga. And it, its extinction wouldn't have been entirely for candy, as we said, but candy was a major factor. Luckily, this cactus is on the a spiky rebound, and you can find it today across the southwestern deserts. And in Mexico, it definitely had a tough, battle for survival, it's still listed, the species that's used for candy, as vulnerable, and trends indicate the population is still decreasing, and you'll see authorities in both Mexico and the U.S. arguing that further legal action needs to be taken to protect it. And I gotta, I gotta say, have you either of you guys ever been out to the desert, to the southwest? I, you know, I've been through California and I've taken a train from Los Angeles to San Francisco. So you see a good bit of, uh, of, of deserty stuff through there. But I haven't really been to Arizona, no, or New Mexico. You see the Grand Canyon if you get a chance. I mean, go out to New Mexico. Uh, the first time I saw it, even as a kid, I thought, wow, this is where God got into abstract art. Yeah. It's beautiful. Oh, it's in incredible. a very minimalist way. Yeah, it's and, very it, cool. Uh, and it's, you know, I think a lot of people who aren't familiar with the desert may confuse it because it can look minimalistic they may confuse it with an empty place but it's very much not it's a rich rich ecosystem and like any other ecosystem it needs to be protected but if you go out arizona way and you want to think about uh the size of the desert and and all these uh beautiful notions of the universe and our place within it stop by a roadside you know roadside stand stop by a gas station or something because in Arizona, you can still pick up cactus candy. Of course, yes, you can also find it on Amazon. But where's the adventure in that? 
Also, it's not barrel cactus anymore, I think. I think most of it now is uh, prickly pear fruit. Right. Most of the stuff you'll find. Yeah, which is way more sustainable and a pretty good stand-in for the barrel cactus. Yeah, you'll see it in grocery stores and restaurants, you know, like the little candy dish when you leave. And actually, the Hohokam people of uh, South Arizona would eat <clears throat> the entire body of the prickly pear cactus, including the pads, which they had to despine, and they would roast the pits um, while members of the Tohono O'Doham nation from Arizona and Mexico would eat the fruits and the pads and actually, much like the weird loophole we were talking about earlier, have indigenous rights to harvest them in Tucson's Saguaro National Park. So if you want to learn more about this, I uh, highly recommend checking out another Gastro Obscura article. This one by Bevan Dunn called How an Arizonan Company Turns Cacti into Candy. Uh, you can get a look at the process of taking this from, you know, from the ground all the way to uh, the delicious delicacy it becomes. And, you know, looking at this, I'm pretty sure that I've had this cactus candy before mm. and it was good. I've, I don't have the biggest sweet tooth, but, uh, but I love novelty foods. You guys know that. So oh. I am super down to try even more cactus candy. And I bet, you know what, what are the odds that somebody is listening to this now eating cactus candy? I don't know. Probably pretty, pretty reasonable in certain parts of the country. Yeah. I've had pretty sure. pear. Uh, they make, you can make, you can get like juice, versions of it too or at least as mm -hmm. a flavoring and, and it is it is tasty and just to be clear the pads i believe are the cactusy cactus parts of the prickly pear cactus and then the fruits are like the little kind of nubbins that, that come off the top they're like really cool looking little uh red fruits uh, and that's the part that is, is harvested to make the candy but you can also eat the cactus themselves yeah oh and speaking of eating there's one thing that I thought would be fun to hit. And this is also something, this is something Gabe found. So credit, credit to him. The Smithsonian and NPR did, <laughs> looked into something that will be of interest to many of our fellow ridiculous historians as Halloween gets closer and closer. It turns out that there is a, a physics to eating candy. And this came, this, uh, these articles reference a story or a paper in physics education. So the thing with candy is it doesn't last forever, right? You eat it, it's bite-sized, it's gone, or, you know, like it's cotton candy, it just sort of dissolves in your mouth, et cetera, et cetera. This team of physicists in Austria wrote an actual paper, scientific paper, uh, applying physics to eating candy to figure out how how you can make the experience last for the longest time. And they said, if you do everything right, you can enjoy just one single piece of candy for up to nearly half an hour. And the secret, I don't think it's super surprising, Noel, Max, the secret is just don't bite or chew. That's, uh, they just, just wrote a whole space, paper on it. Just hold it in just, your mouth? They just, they wrote a whole paper on this uh, in their paper, they, they get this, they, they said they're going to investigate the quote, serious questions on the optimal strategy of enjoying a candy. And I picture that in kind of a Christopher Waltz voice, you know, the, the guy, the amazing actor, he's Ooh, also Austrian. Goody, goody, goody. Mm -hmm. Struso. Optimal strategy for enjoying a candy. <laughs> so. Ah, I love it. 
Yeah, that's the secret, and I think that's that's also our show. Mm-hmm. I think it is our show, but not our our show show, just our episode show, right? Episode, yeah. episode, episode <laughs> show. Got it. Um, well, cool, man. This was a fun one. It makes me, I don't know, I've, I, we've definitely got some pretty cool specialty grocery stores here in Atlanta out on Buford Highway way. There's a place called the Buford Highway Farmer's Market that has lots of cool imported candies and, you know, uh, confections and like, you know, all kinds of uh, cooking ingredients and sauces from all over the world. I would not be surprised if uh, in the uh, Latin American section, perhaps they had some of these cactus candies. I think I want to check it out next time I go there and give them a try. How about you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Also go to uh, North Decatur, there's some great Indian sweet shops that I highly recommend checking out. Uh, And let us know what your favorite regional candies are, because so many places have this candy that's like well-known or a confection that's well-known in that part of the world or even in that city or community, but isn't very well-known outside of that region. So would love to hear about that. Personally, I'd love to hear about uh, your favorite Halloween costumes, some of your creepy costumes. Feel free to uh, post pictures uh, or costumes that you put your pets in, as long as your pets are cool with it. You can post those over on the Facebook where we've got a page called Ridiculous Historians. You can also find us online, not just as a show, but as individuals. That's right. You can find me on Instagram pretty much exclusively where I am at How Now Noel Brown. You can find me on Twitter where I am at Ben Bolin HSW. You can get a behind the scenes look at some of my many sketchy and non-sketchy various projects and endeavors by heading over to Instagram where I am at Ben Bolin B-O-W-L-I-N thanks as always to Mr. Max Williams Uh, thanks very much to our own prickly cactus the man himself Jonathan Strickland aka the Quister and uh, thanks as we've said to uh, Gabe Luzier our awesome research associate huge thanks to Christopher Hasiotis here in spirit Alex Williams who composed our theme and anyone else that we've, we've forgotten. My mom, I like to thank my mom. She's cool. Um, wouldn't be here without her. And thank you, Ben, for being um, my companion on this uh, delightful cactusy confectionery journey. I've got to thank. You know what? I think I might go into Ridiculous Historians and post this thing my mom did. I'm so proud of her. She made a Snoopy pumpkin for <laughs> these kids she volunteers with, and she nailed it. It looks so good. Check it out. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just 
just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.